Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the things that you need to know, or how, what you need to do in order to know that you're ready to be launching a specialty program. If you're going to launch a new program, a new class, a new product at all within your gym. There's some things that you need to have squared away before you decide what to do, when to do it. And then we're also going to go into kind of a step-by-step guide a little bit on how you actually can execute, sell, and fulfill your new products, new classes, new programs, whatever. Before we start, make sure you go to the Gym Owners Revolution, that Facebook group. Link is in our description. Get in there. We're going to have some big challenges coming up, some uh, nice free things for you to hop in where we'll kind of help guide you to build your new offer stack, get your business selling bigger ticket items, super profitable. So we're going to execute all that stuff within the Facebook group for free here in the next month or two. So get into the Gym Owners Revolution group. Link is in the description. Follow the show on Instagram at the Gym Owners Podcast. Follow me at at Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram. And John, how can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at jbanksfl. <clears throat> so, John, what's the number one trap that people fall into when they decide to launch a new program or new product within their gym? They do it They do it without <laughs> any fucking plan at all? Yes, yes. And, the thing, and we were just talking about this before, is we've done it in our, we've done it in almost every business we've been associated with. Every business we've worked with, it's a mistake that we've made a lot, which is building a product before you've sold it, essentially, right? If, if, you're, if, you, if you're going out there and you want to make something, you want to, you know, I want to have a new class, a new program. If it's in our business, maybe it's a new, it's a new course or an entire thing. Completely building this. this is, we're not making houses here. By the way, let, let me give you this analogy. Do you know how new houses are sold now a lot? If you go into a new development, they're very rarely are they building a house, letting it sit there, and then hoping that people come and then want to buy it. That's not how this goes anymore. What they're going to do is they're going to build one model home and what they're going to let a bunch of other people go through and check that out and be like, yeah, it's going to be pretty much like this kind of, and they'll sell 25 houses that don't exist yet. And then they start building them. And hopefully around the time the financing is done and closing is done, the house is pretty much there, but they're selling houses that don't exist. And you do need to know that your business kind of needs to do this because I've done this thing, man, where I've, we've built entire online courses. I've done it for for training programs to full training course programs. I've done it for educational products where I have built the entire thing beginning to end. And maybe it was one step misguided from the demand or whatever, but it built the whole thing to all this work, brand it. Then we're ready. I got this product. It sits there. And then you go and you try to sell it and it, it underperforms. And what you've done is you've, you, you've maybe recouped a little bit, but the opportunity to earn money was the reason you started down this road. And that's the only reason you put in all that work and it wasn't there. So it's super, super important to assess. The first thing you need to do is assess the demand and don't, you don't need to make a product and then hope that people sell it or hope that people buy it. You need to find out what people want. Then you need to make that thing. And by the way, find out what they want, tell them you can do that for them, take money from them, and then start making that thing. But you need to get as close to that transaction already happening as you can possibly be before you start launching a new product in your gym. And if you, and if you do it the right way, you will be able to bankroll to make that thing successful. The, the whole idea is that it's oftentimes you lack the money to be able to make it truly as awesome as it needs to be. So you have to be able to get enough of the ideas being like, I think this is something that my people want. 
I have an idea of what people want. You've done the legwork. I'm sure we're going to go into this of like how you assess and decide what do people actually want. But if you make that decision ahead of time and you can't sell it, then you're fucked, right? You've, you've lost a bunch of money. The real gangster play is that you establish what people want. And then when someone buys it, if you have built it correctly, especially price-wise and how you go about selling it, one or two people is enough to bankroll the whole thing yeah. to kick ass. And then the rest of the money is just gravy that you can then use however you want to use. Yeah. So the thing we saw a lot in the COVID era was gym owners trying to move sideways, you know, businesses were closed. There's a ton of people locked out of their gyms. There was a big demand for at-home training. And we got into it with a couple clients as well. They hired us to start building online courses for them so they could start to see if they could sell them, see if we can run a digital product. And they spent all the money, all the infrastructure, the website, the design, everything, and all the fulfillment to this stuff is is a much maybe more thorough product than it needed to be. And then it doesn't sell enough. And then it, it, it does not, by the way, and it does not matter how good the product is if the product cannot get to market. And I had, I had an uncle, I've, I don't know if I should in this podcast. I, had a, I have a great uncle who's like a lifetime inventor. And it was like the most, it's a very interesting story. He's a very like feast or famine guy. He's had enormous houses on the lake. And at one point, this is, he's an old timer. He's you know, like my, he would be, if he was still alive, he would be in his 90s at this point. But enormous houses of like tons of kids, like all the money in the world at some points. And then at times, I think there was times they were living in a boxcar on my grandparents' farm with like eight kids. So this is this is like the ups and downs of being an inventor is you're all in, you're all out. Like it's, there's a lot there. But one of the things that he always said was it does not matter what your product is or how good it is if by the time if all the steps that it take to get it to market it ends up being at a price that is just not something people will pay and it doesn't fucking matter it's worth nothing it really is worth nothing that old adage if you build a better mousetrap people will beat a path to your door is bullshit in my opinion that is as as bullshit as if you build it they will come it's in the same vein and that that, that mindset will keep you poor forever okay mm-hmm. You have to, you, you really, really, really need to know what people want. And then you need to kind of get them already there. If they're not already at your door, ain't nobody beating a path to your door. So this is why most marketing, most places like most online business ends up being based on your audience, your email list, all of that stuff, way more than it is your product. You come up with the best damn product in the world. If you can't market it or sell it or get it to people or get people's eyes on it, it's useless no matter how good it is or how cool it is. Or no matter what the value is, to be honest with you. The biggest mistakes that we've made, that we made, that I've made, the most dangerous place you can be is somewhere where you're confident on how to be able to build something. Yeah. If you know how to do it and you feel really confident in doing it, you know just enough to be dangerous and it rarely is to others. And so what I found that this is when you and I, we, we listened to gym owners early and what they said and what they wanted us to do, we just did. And it's the biggest mistake we ever have made Yeah, because we did a ton of work and the ideas were good and we just were yes men. Yeah. We just we did, did the work. We did it. We did it. it. It was awesome. It got done. It was, you know, had all the pieces and then we watch these babies that we built because every new program that you build is like this tiny little slice of who you are, right? It came from idea. You birthed that idea. You watched it come to fruition. It's now living and breathing and people just let the baby die. 
outside yeah. in the rain on its own. And we watched that happen twice. And after the second time it happened, I remember the very clearly that conversation I had with you, which was, we can't, we have to start telling them no. Yep. It just is no. There is a certain order and rhythm that these things have to be done in, or we just, no, fuck it. No, we're not going to do it. You can go do it yourself. Like we well, will not do it that way. And as a person who has ideas and you have ideas that you think people want, don't just, the, you, the thing that you mentioned when you went through that, John, is very, is very right, is that you have this idea and it's a part of you. But know that at that point, it's mostly just about you. And if you're trying to make something that people want to buy, it needs to actually be more about them than it needs to be about, you know, what you know or how cool you think this thing would be or how much you wish that people would like this thing. So, no, if you're going to make a new program about, oh, we ran into, we were, we were into this one time where it had a bunch of pressure to make like a bench press program for a digital stuff. And I was like, none of our people bench, like they, they may wish that they could bench press well, but if I know our audience, they don't bench press. They literally so don't. None of them do. And it's like, so then I had to make yeah. this whole thing that I didn't want to make, put it out there and lays an egg. And it's like, well, yeah, dude, like this is, this is, this is how this works, man. Like, you know, know your audience a little bit, just because you want this thing to be a thing that you're about. Like, it's just, it does not work that way. So it's really important to know that the, the only person that matters in this equation, as far as whether this thing should be done, your product should be done is the person who's going to buy it has nothing to do with you or how cool you think it should be just know that so when you've established like you know what i got like 10 people that said they kind of would be interested in this thing know that that constant having that communication and constantly having that dialogue is the way like having your finger on the pulse of your audience is exactly going to be the only way that you're going to know what's what that's it because because if you do that now you're going to get a lot of really valuable information but if you're the type of gym owner that hides and completely avoids like the conversations in your gym, you just kind of want things to happen. Like you need to have some channels, which is always, John, we do this with our, um, you know, kind of for our testimonials play. It's like, what do you make, what do you wish that we would do? What do you wish we would do more of? What do you wish we would do less of? What like that, that's a conversation that should kind of be had maybe in person and then also maybe in, in writing and, and officially back and forth via email, via some constant touch points with your members. But defining what they actually want, not just what they want, but what they're willing to pay for and how much they'd be willing to pay for it is the key to this whole thing. Okay, that's, that, that's number one. So once you've got that in, you know that people really want to do thing A. They, like, you know, I really would like to be able to do a, let's just go, we have a good example for one, which is just like a muscle building program that we went through, run through with the gym that's now probably on a second or third year of running this thing a couple, three times a year. It's very successful. It's a yep. bigger ticket program. That program will not work in all gyms. It absolutely will not. It worked in that gym because with the way it was communicated, it was, it was exactly the thing that enough people wanted. You don't need half your members to want it. That's important to know. If we had 100 out of their 200 people saying, I want this thing, it would probably be priced very differently too. But we had a very consistently right. between, we knew that between 10 and 25 people would be willing to pay between $1,400 and $2,000 for this specialty program. Perfect. Then they didn't even have to build it. At this point, it was already sold, meaning you could take the money. <laughs> you could start to just free up a spot on the schedule, and then you can fulfill on the fly. 
because but it's never going to be as great the first time you build it anyways so the first time and literally when i'm talking build it in this case it's just like what times are going to be there how are we going to email them to let them know building it means more than just writing the programming but it also does mean writing the programming okay you can sell a muscle building program and not know what the program is going to be just know that you every week you're going to give them stuff and you're going to lay out a progression for building muscle and hope that you're good at it but if you do it long enough, you'll be tuning it up as you go. And then eventually it will be a tried and true, proven and tested, perfect fucking muscle building program. For our diehard coaches and our gym owners, I, you have to pause and think about this for a second. What we just said, we absolutely have executed, we executed this the very first time and it made whatever, 30, 20, 25, $30,000, yeah. $30, right? So it makes that play. The programming was not written for the entire thing until the entire 12-week program was finished. Correct. Right. It definitely was not written. It, we had sold all the spots for program with, and no programming was written. We had yep. just marketed it, sold it, and no programming. So it's, we become obsessed with programming and the style of programming. And this is where really it was, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Well, like at some point it does to a degree, and but as it's a not coach, in order to sell. As a right. coach, it's a big thing for you to learn. If you're trying to make money in this, it doesn't matter how big your fucking brain is, how smart you are, how much you know. Cause if you try to put that out first, Guys, I'm so smart. I have the ultimate programming with this flawless fucking periodized, scaled up, like here's all the dorky shit that goes into this. And when you realize if you would just shut the fuck up about that and you would say, we're going to get you some fucking beef. We're going to hang some beef on your frame here in the next 12 weeks. Let's go. That that's what they want. They want to build muscle. They don't want your, your, your brilliant fucking stroke of genius to be written on paper like like they don't appreciate that and once you get through that through your head eventually you're going to be able to sell stuff that people want and that's the key here the number one thing that a coach that we work with that's one of our coaches like for business that helps us specifically with uh, marketing and video and the pile of all these different dynamic pieces when it's related to media the number one thing that she pointed out, she goes, and it was in a big group call with a bunch of other people are on it. And she goes, the worst thing that can ever happen to you as a coach is for someone to read or watch your content and leave that content thinking, man, you sure are smart. Yeah. Because then they don't fucking buy. Yep. And at the end of the day, you don't want to be smart because now it's like, oh, well, boy, that's super interesting. And that's really interesting. You're really smart. So the person leaves your shit and they go on research and they go into diving down into rabbit holes and all sorts of places to be able to learn more about that thing that you introduced to them because, boy, you're smart. And it doesn't result in them actually joining your shit and changing their life. No, exactly. So make it about make it about your clients, make it about what they want. It's not about the program. It's not about the bones. It's about the results. It's about the outcome. And it's about getting a person to move towards it. And there's no trying to convince somebody who's far away from something to get really close to something and then commit to it is a fruitless endeavor. So the thing to do, this is why you, again, you get all the feedback from within your gym, from your member base. It's like, what are you, what would you be very close to pulling the trigger on? 
Because then being a little bit persuasive goes a very long way towards making you money if you build a product that's much closer to their wants as opposed to building something that is basically 100% about your wants and has zero fucking, like, zero input from them. My, my wife calls me out on it, and I think she calls us both out on it a little bit because she gets to a point where she goes, everything can't just be fucking beards and bald people and, like, powerlifting all the time. <laughs> and, 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 and she will give that to me when I might be a little more critical to things that aren't as awesome as we are when I hear other ideas, <laughs> especially if it's in a gym space, right? Yeah. And I'll say, this is super stupid or this is lame. And they're doing, they're making a mistake. And she's like, well, you know, and then the, the, she gets up, right? And she's like, well, it can't be that. I'm like, no, 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 make no mistake. If I was thinking or trying to get a gym to do a bald beards, powerlifting and whiskey only program, and that was all their marketing, I would equally tell them that they were fucking up and that yeah. they're making a mistake. It's on each side of the spectrum. And again, it's just get the fuck out of your own way. It's yeah. you have to understand your market and understand your people. Yeah. So from there though, the nice thing is, is when you have something that is that close, right? So for the example of the muscle building program, it's really close. Like we knew we had some people that really were interested, especially in like a functional fitness gym. Most of them are small. Most of them do way too much mid-level conditioning to gain any size. Most of them, once they get to a certain level of leanness, they wish they could get bigger, but all the fluffy 18 minute fucking chippers like aren't actually gaining them any size. And so like, it is a pretty easy market to sell muscle building to if you can actually get them to do the work. That's thing one, that's one side. That's, that's one of your kind of customer avatars. The other is the person within maybe a functional fitness space who doesn't really like that, those types of workouts. They like have grown to resent all the conditioning and shit. And they'd like, I'd rather just get jacked. So there's kind of two sides to that, but then you can pit to those people. And so we did the branding. So this next step here is kind of branding, name it, title it, have fun with it, but just connect it to those people. And so we just took kind of a fun tone with the whole thing. But the way they sold it is we were like, you know, we took it, it started out like, I'm trying to remember how some of those first videos went. We just had like a Q&A, like, who's this program for? It's like, oh, it's for anybody who's looking to get muscle. And we would ask all these like increasingly uh, silly questions about it. It was like, well, what if I don't, what if I don't want to gain any more muscle? What, you know, what, what if I just want to do cardio? We had the guy just knock the phone off the thing. So it's this very kind of quick rapid fire bit that just made the building muscle aspect of this seem cool. It was just like, oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah. What if somebody sees this thing and then wishes, no, I just want to do more cardio. And then you kind of get like a, yeah, fuck that guy thing. And so the whole thing connected to them, it wasn't brilliant, but it was just a, it was a perfect piece of content. It was just one little thing between that, that piece of branding and the name. And then all we did was sent emails out regarding along that flow. We just kept it kind of thematically the same or is, hey, it was kind of fun. You want to get jacked instead of just like right. we, have a, we have a hypertrophy program designed with the perfect pyramid. It's no, it's like, let's get fucking huge. You want to get jacked? Let's go. Like, like, like gone are the days of doing endless cardio. Let's get yoked. Big pecs, rippling fucking delts, striations of the mud, like all that stuff. You could just lean into that. But when you have that thing, you know it's already connected to them. You have a fun concept. Now you can be creative. Now you can actually create, and it's fun, and you know that people like it. And that com that was compelling enough. It sold. It crushed immediately, and it's crushed now every quarter or every four months, five months. Every time they run it now, it's a – that program probably makes that gym anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000 a year now. Yeah, that's it. It's fair. And it's only essentially run a few times a year for 12 weeks and it's three or four coaching sessions a week. Like it's just, uh, you know, in a semi-private smaller group. And 
And it's a, yeah, so it, it crushes, but you can't just go, I'm going to do specialty programs. I'm doing big ticket. And you're just going to wing one because you want money. That's the problem. You can't just say, I want that money. And then I'm just going to make the thing that I want. If you want that money, that's you it. need to make the thing that they want. So it's going to be that, like that piece. Once you get the branding there, you can start flowing out, you can sell it. But let's get into the details of that, John, like how to actually sell that stuff. So we started. Again, this is an internal play exclusively. So you're going to run specialty programs. You can do a specialty program that, that's an external play, and we'll maybe get into how to execute that later. This could be multi-layered, meaning you could run a special offer for someone coming in saying, hey, you know, maybe we're not just a CrossFit gym. We got this 12-week get jacked, get huge, get fucking beefy program if you want in on this. And then you can run ads and do that stuff for people coming in. But know that your organic traffic usually – for say a functional fitness gym or group fitness classes is going to say, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, if you just drop that one on them right away. The way too that we do this and have had success every single time is an important metric for this always is the first step. You always test drive. We have a very specific sequence, right? You test drive it with your one-on-ones, just you yeah. testing an idea, testing a theory. Then you maybe branch out to a small group. Then you open it up to only in gym. All of these things and a few more that we go over with you in the Gear Academy, a few more before you take it out to the public, like you yeah. said, and have it be something that you're going to throw out there because that if you want to lay an egg, and confuse your people, that's definitely is to yes. have something that never heard of or seen it before. Yeah. And especially if it's purely associated with your brand externally, because now people get very confused as far as what you do. So once you start from paying to promote that people, your people who maybe want to come over and like, Oh, I just want to lose a little weight. I'm a regular average Joe. And you start doing some extreme branding for a specialty program. All of a sudden people will go, I don't want, I never want to go to that place. And it'll, it'll cut the throat of all the other things that you do. So know that that's very important. Now <clears throat> on the other side of that, when we do this stuff, the most important thing is consistent communication about this. If you think that sending an email to your email list in your gym once about this program and stopping and wondering why, well, I don't know, nobody really was interested. I had one or two people talking. I couldn't close them. And stopping, you didn't fucking try. Know that too. That that is that is absolutely like I, this is this is this is the same mindset with gym owners who are afraid when a new lead comes in to like talk to them about their the full offer stack and the, if you just go head in hand here's our membership do you want it or do you want something free instead that's a big fucking no no too okay you need to just be the person who has the thing which means here's our thing you interested and via email marketing. You kind of got to be consistent with it. You need to continue to send. If your email's not, if you're not writing out, John, what do we do for these? Probably the lead up six emails, seven emails going out over the buildup to this thing. And some totally. of them were simply reminders. Some of them would be embedded that video. Others would be, hey, do you got any questions about this? We are going to get started on this day. People are pretty excited. Ask your coach. There's a lot of different ways you can go to justify that outreach, but they need to be talked to about this thing and they need to be talked to about it a lot. Because the way your emails go in your email inbox, it gets ignored unless it's urgent, meaning they're going to ignore eight. They may pop into one if they see like, oh, they're really talking about this a lot. What is this about? If it's intriguing to them, if you're only one and done, you might as well have done none. Because that's it. That's it is what you get. I've seen it with supplement sales too. Sent dump some oh, yeah. copy paste shit. Like, hey, we got a new, here's a, here's a laundry list of the copy paste shit that our fucking supplement company said. Do you want these? Just maybe tell us. 
and, and like and then no re no re no follow up on it. It's like yes, that's why you're not selling supplements. You have not like it's it's just this this pure like symbolic gestures like here we have them and now please just you know make money happen for me. It's cowardice. It's not trying and it's a pure lack of effort. So if you want to sell this thing, you need to try. If you've done all these things right, your people want it. So once you get in and you pull the trigger, it's email. Email. Design the whole sequence ahead of time. This is one thing you can kind of build out because you do just need to map it. You can write the copy. There's great tools now for writing copy uh, with some of the AI stuff that maybe we'll get into the specifics of some other time. But it used to be a thing that was like it's a lot of work <clears throat> to do to do it really, really well. But you can do it pretty good for not very much effort if you just take a very practical approach to these emails. And that's the thing you and I did a lot because we were trying to do a lot of charming, slimy shit that just imitated what everybody else does. It doesn't work. I don't like to write that way. So here's the program. Here's the funny stuff about it. Maybe we drop in a few quips here and there, but it's never a thing where it's like, hey, did you know that it's like, hey, I'm closing the gym as the subject. Like right. it is like that bait and switch shit for email subjects and stuff is is very disingenuous and, and people will hate it. But you can go through and you can just be practical. One of the things we always did was we touched in on start date and contact points every time. So it comes like, hey, it's just a reminder that we're starting in three weeks or two weeks. So if you want in, do this. And then we say a thing about it. And then we go through and it's like, hey, the week's wrapping up. If you've had a chance to talk to your coach at the gym, you know, ask him about it. Otherwise, if you're interested, text me. Just a slightly different call to action. Um, it's not so repetitive. It really is just about updates. If you tether those things to an event going on in your gym, which we did just attach to a one time with a what was it it was just like a barbecue that they were having but the nice yeah. thing was is like hey and we're going to kick off this thing reminder the barbecues at this time and also if you want to get in on it that way the emails were useful they, they weren't just solicitation yeah and it's important to have that balance right that balance of you if you're someone and this is a mistake that we have seen get made time and time again because the other guys right the folks that are in this industry that you all know you know the names you know what they're called you know who they are if you've ever gotten like swipe files or downloads from them and get a pdf of being like get my best email sequence or text message sequence holy shit buckle up if you have not communicated with your population before, your community before, and you plug in one of those fucking text sequences or email sequences, and you've never made an ask, you've never like given informative shit, or you've been kind of off and on, and all of a sudden you come, you come hard in the hole of just ask, 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 ask. It is like, Slimy, no overcharming, no, like no hook, not about them. It's fucking brutal. And your people, we literally, we literally, early, early on, we watched a gym owner take it, plug all that shit in, just didn't edit, didn't update fucking nothing. And he literally started getting phone calls and text messages and emails from his longest standing members that were like, hey, so what are you trying to what are you trying to do? Like, I like that you're hustling and you're doing all these things, but like, this feels wrong. Like this feels yeah. off. It's like everything. Okay. Like literally there was almost like threats. Okay. There was almost threats to leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In that too comes with some, you know, running ads with content that are not theirs. So you have people like saying like, why is this ad that I saw for my gym 
show a bunch of people that aren't working out in my gym, like video of it. Like, what the fuck is this? And why is this awesome shit that we don't do? It, it's yeah. So <clears throat> it's gotta be you. It should be you. It doesn't, but it doesn't have to be slimy and nor does it have to be super charming. Listen, if you're, it doesn't always have to be your voice, but it should be about, it should, should fit your business. And that's the thing that we do that we try very hard, especially within the gear Academy to maintain that the other guys out there don't. The other guys out there do just want to plug you into just this pure high electricity, high octane fucking growth mechanism. That's all doesn't give a fuck about you. Doesn't give a fuck about your brand. Doesn't give a fuck about the thing that you've been trying to build at its heart. Doesn't have, it has no soul. So it just turns up the volume, turns up the noise and your people, the ones who actually like you, the ones who you're trying to attract, the ones who appreciate at your heart, what you're really trying to do at the center of what you're trying to do with your business uh, those people are going to go, this now sucks. What the fuck? And every gym that I've seen that does this, that's the one thing. It, it will cost you your soul. Maybe make you some money, but it will cost you your soul. And it does not have to be one thing or the other. It just doesn't. Okay. So you can do this. You can make money. You just got to be a little bit mindful about your approach to going out with these things. So write an email sequence. It doesn't need to be slimy. It's something you got to do. And you can, by the way, you can be very thorough. You can hit up email stuff a lot. But if you're going to hit people up a lot, it better you better pay attention to the tone. Um, and don't let that scare you away, though. Be practical. So you're getting this new program out, John. All you do is you start sending some emails, let people know. In, in a handful of those, make sure people know that your coaches are able to ask answer some questions about it. Then in your staff meetings, okay, anytime you're going to have a product launch, you need to meet, bring your whole staff on, on to like up to speed with it. This goes from supplements to new programs to just, you should be having staff meetings regularly. <clears throat> staff meetings are not just about teaching your coaches how to coach or about what muscles mean what or whatever bullshit that is. It's like staff meetings should also be about your business because you're paying them money to be in your business, not to be your friends or not to someday become as big of a fitness guru expert as you are. They're there to help you make money by helping your clients. And part of helping you make money by helping your clients is helping your clients identify programs that they would like to do and selling that to them. So your coaches, whether it's in class or in one-on-one, -on -one, need to be briefed. Hey, you need to bring this up in class every day. And it can be simple. It doesn't need to be slimy again. It can be in the beginning. Hey, if any of you guys are interested in this new fucking whatever Operation Beef House program we're running here at the end of the month, let me know. I can answer some questions about it or I can have, you know, owner come in and chat with you. Or I'll just have him shoot you a text message if you have any questions. You could have as simple as someone, if you want to know, just let me just write your name down. And I'll just have him follow up with you later today if you want. But whatever that is, like you need to make it very known that that is the thing that's being talked about in class. Coaches are divas. Coaches don't give a fuck about selling anything. Coaches only want to coach and then they want to fucking leave. But know that you're paying them to be a representative of your business. And if your business does not thrive, that coach can go fuck himself. I have seen a million coaches that we give sweet deals to on commissions and all this shit, or we overpay. We've, I mean, we've built some very lucrative systems for coaches. And all that does, if you do not apply pressure, those coaches will become lazy divas. They just become more entitled the more you give them. So know that you cannot just give them money and then have them say, well, look at me. I'm, I just, I'm really here to work for you. You can't just pay them well either because if you pay them really well and you do not apply pressure to outcomes, okay, you do not apply pressure in the direction you want there to be things going, they won't do it. There's a, there's a level of hubris that comes with a fitness coach that means I'm the one here, I'm the expert, and while there's compassion and all that other shit, they will take whatever you give them and they will at some point with outside of the coaching aspect, they will do as little as possible 
in your business. So know that these people have two functions, to coach your people and to be the, be the consistent bridge, to bridge the gap between your business as a structure and your clients. So you need to have them be there. Like we have a new product. Talk to me about it because they're the person in front of them all fucking day. And if they're not willing to do that, then that coach does not fit your business. That coach is just a person, a person pointer tour and a clock runner and an exercise enthusiast who walks people through exercises. And that person may be better suited to be a personal trainer then than he's going to be to simply an independent personal trainer than he is to be a coach within your business. So you got to know that the coaches need to be brought in speed. This thing needs up to speed. This thing needs to be talked about constantly in your business and in a positive way. If you get a coach that's snarky about it because they don't want to do it, cut them out right away because they will be cancer in one month, two months, three months for the ones who are like, Ugh. I can tell you, you, you give them one shot at that and then that's it. No, you need to start looking. You need to start hiring because that is a role that the coach needs poison. to fill. And if they don't, they're a poison. You cannot let the fucking inmates run the asylum. Okay. You cannot. And coaches will do everything they can do to make this place theirs if they can. Oh, and just cool guy it up, right? Exactly. Just be like, oh, well, I'm too cool. Like, oh, no, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know what that is. You know, like, oh, so-and-so, he's always up to fucking Even, even like, really great coaches will do that yeah. cool guy syndrome shit to the point where, like, like I'm just I'm too cool to be asking people about this. Fuck that guy. I don't care how good he is at teaching people how to squat. Fuck him. He's Because he's what he's doing is cutting your throat within your business. And, right. one, and, and you need to – your business, as regards to your staff, needs to be presented presenting a unified front. And that means all your coaches need to be fired up about it. All they need to be enthusiastic. They can, you can't have a coach. If, if I'm coaching here and we're going to in a gym and they're going to offer a, you know, say a endurance program, right? Like we're going to, we're going to go like some big long distance cardio, like mega endurance program. And if I'm here as the big muscle guy, I can't go like, this shit's dumb. What a bunch Stupid. of little people. And, and, and even though like, I, and I, cause I don't think the stuff's dumb. It's just something I wouldn't be doing. Right. But I can't even say that. But, but again, you still need to be like, no, it's really cool. Like, it's really cool. It's like, I, you know, I don't know that quite as built for me, but like, it's sweet. If you're interested in it, like the, here's the, like, they got to be on board with the benefits. Cause it's not, again, not about them or their wants or what they think is cool. It's about what the person wants. Cause they need to connect those dots. And I don't want to go too far on this, but it's, it's super important where it's, it has nothing to do with the fucking program. None. We get too obsessed with the program. We get too obsessed with the, uh, the machine. We get too obsessed with the actual movement itself. Squats are cool, but what the fuck do you do squats? What's the point? That's why we do squats. So the squat is irrelevant. Whatever that movement is, front squat, overhead squat, whatever the fuck, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The program, if it's a high endurance for small people program, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the program is. What are the goals of the program you're building? And that's what everyone should be communicating. Yeah. What's the point of it? All right. One of the things I wanted to hit on that I think it's you're the fucking general of your organization. You're the, the king of your kingdom, the castle, whatever. Like you are in charge. In every one of these scenarios, you cannot assume that anyone knows what they're supposed to do. Yeah. If you assume, right, you make an ass out of you and me. Like it was, that's one of the oldest school teacher things. Like it's the assumption piece is where I see the gym owners fuck up the most and most consistently, especially when it comes to managing people. Everything we've hit on is driving towards why that's so important. And the reason why, like it's, I'm talking on like huge fucking organizational things. When I played football on Fridays before our game Saturday in college, 
the head coach would come out and we would do one of the most fucking stressful things of the whole goddamn week. Roster check and package checks. The head guy would stand out in front and he would have the fucking sheet and he would say, first team punt team. And you had to be there in like three fucking seconds. It had to be that there was no hesitation, no confusion. And he did it with every single package across every single part of the team. And holy fuck, I have watched guys that were going to start tomorrow not play and certainly not start because they fucked up that check on Friday. Because it was when shit's going gnarly and it is the fourth quarter and there's a minute to win the goddamn game. And you're not and sure whether it's punk penalty. Or, uh, yep. Because yeah, exactly. the wrong guy doesn't know. And it was, you had to know who your backup was. Yeah. It's all right. So-and-so you're out. Who's in? Like it had to be immediate. It had to be something that was so, and because that no assumption was ever made, that's like, oh, well, they know. They know yep. who second string is. They know who the backup is. They know who the guy to your left is going to be. No assumption was ever made. So we didn't fuck that up. How often do you see it get fucked up where it's all personnel issues, wrong guys on the field, or they don't know what the fuck they're doing? You know this in, in especially in football, what happens so often in that in those situations is you know how it goes. The first you get very close to the first game of the season, and it is kind of like that where nobody really you're like, man, I don't know. Like you barely quite understand the packages and what's what. And like, okay, like like it is really not that sure. If you're in there on the you see it on TV, you watch the stuff and you're like, you're like, oh, these guys, yeah, like obviously, what is it? I mean, they're going to go for it, but literally the difference between having punt team and having like a two tight end package out there is like that the decision has to be made that needs to be voiced across the entire sideline. You can't have one coach parrot the thing the wrong and then all the right people need to be out. And if you're on the ground, if you're playing, uh, that is a that that is much more on thin. That situation is on much thinner ice than anybody watching TV knows. Because like that is oh, yeah. a, that, that's a level of like organization that is like that's a lot. It has very little to do with once the fucking ball is snapped, what happens, and can I outplay the guy and, and outperform the guy that I'm going against? It's not like that. It's like, hey, motherfucker, like there's a lot going on here that's not just seeing what's going on on the floor, and that package check's a big deal. And this is this is really one of the great functions of your staff meetings, and we'll get into what you Bingo. should be doing in staff meetings, but it's got to be it. Guys, here's what we're focusing on this week. I need these, and there needs to be accountability to metrics. It needs to be next week, guys. You know, like in the next week, in the next meeting, guys, we only got like two of these people committed. And so I went through and I've been I've been asking gym members who have been in class, you know, if 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 they had heard of the program or if you had talked to them about it, if you had brought it up, and they half of them didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Okay. And this happens in every business. You know, we used to offer like maintenance agreements with clients, you know, in uh, heating and air conditioning industries. So we'd come through and it's like, you know, they have a service call, something breaks. Say, are you offering maintenance contracts to these people at the end? Like, hey, we know, like we come in twice a year, we check your shit at the beginning, end of the season, or whatever. Um, we would find out like somebody's numbers just wouldn't quite be right. So we shoot an email like, hey, did our technician mention this? Or we did what we started doing, which technicians hated this, follow-up call at the end. After the service awesome. technician leaves and gets paid, you call, you call them like 20 minutes later, like, hey, this is so-and-so from the office. We just want to make sure we got everything squared away. Cool. I said he got payment done. All that should be good. Uh, did our client, did, did our technician mention a maintenance agreement? And if they go, oh, no, not really. That dude is in fucking trouble. But the reason right. you do all that, it's great for customer satisfaction. People actually want this shit. 
It's not because you're afraid or your coaches are afraid That's to ask it. it. People actually want the shit. And if you don't offer them, you don't, you're not going to sell them. And the truth is for the business, that person getting asked versus them not getting asked, if that goes across the board, that costs the business tens, twenties of thousands of dollars over the course of a year. And that's recurring income. That's now you getting a technician in their place every, like that's a big, big part of that relationship. So staff meetings are super important. This needs to be universal, like all the way across the business that needs to be plugged in. Uh, From there, follow up via text message, I think is another like slick little trick that we've done a lot, which is, you know, you do, if you do have the ability to text people, uh, all of your people that are within your gym, when you do announce that new program, maybe, maybe the second or third email that you send out about it, just shoot a text message to everybody like, Hey, did you get a chance to check out that email I sent today? And the ones who kind of respond, then then that's all you do. And the ones who respond like, like, yeah, actually I did. I did. I'm not really that interested. Cool. Hey, no big deal. Thanks, man. And then the ones you say, yeah, what's going on with it? And then now you have a dialogue started. And by the way, depending on the price of this thing, you only get a few of those people to take a step or two towards you. And now, like over the course of that, combined with the in-person stuff, combined with what you get directly via the email, next thing you know, you got 15 people who bought a thing for a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. That little bit of effort now can be done over the course of the year, two, three times, and it crushes. It's really important to don't underestimate what we just said of like that specific question is said that way specifically. Did you get the email? What I'm do what you're doing is psychologically is you're opening up for hopefully a yes. What you want is a yes. Now, yes or no. Now, if they say no, great. You've now just directed them that email and that's going to help get that started again. But if you get a yes, psychologically, you just got a yes. So yeah. now you need to go and go, go back to the last episode we just released, which is the idea of closing via text message, but we went deep on this, but you are now in a sales opportunity. You are closing. They said, yes, go close, take advantage of a yes, because the yes was just said, the more yeses you stack psychologically, you are pushing someone closer. The odds of them agreeing and joining something is just math. It's math. It's just, it's higher. And so take advantage of that. Always open up the opportunity for someone to say yes and agree to something you're asking or talking about just because psychologically it gets you closer to them. Because if they don't fucking want to talk to you about it, they won't respond. It's exactly. easy to ghost someone. So yeah. understand where you're at in that scenario. So at that point, your program is, as you've, you've if you follow kind of these, this guide here, your program has had from its conception to its marketing, to your outreach, your sales. I also really want to plug in one more thing. If you can offer upsells, build some sort of a stack to someone who's interested in the program, that's even better. Don't try to fold all things into the program. Have the program be the thing, right? When, when someone is interested. And then make sure you offer, like, by the way, if you want to add one of the great things for hypertrophy programs or fat loss, body scans for accountability or nutrition add-on if you can, like like we do to all that, all those things. Like, it's just a great way to make an extra three to five hundred dollars a fucking you know a piece for clothes which again across 10 to 15 sales makes a big 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 difference so so building in some sort of upsells like making an offer that matters is great so then it's not just about the program the program can get you this what other things maybe would would you like this to have make sure that you can you can have it bundled with all sorts of stuff don't force everybody into a yes or no situation so when you do this though now you have a product that gives you the best opportunity to make the most amount of money out of it you have people that are 
like you have the best chance of enticing people because it's at its at its conception it's based on them and not you and from there sky's the limit when you fulfill this thing then when you get done follow up follow up after the fact ask everybody maybe even an official you know uh out exit survey from the program where you can one you want testimonials about the program because this is how you're going to sell any specialty program should be something that can recur so harvest testimonials at the end make sure you get testimonials like, this program was great i did this and that should also include for a specialty program metrics for results i put on x amount of pounds of muscle and it was like that matters before and after pictures are great if they want to do them um and then again ask the question you know if we did this again in a few months you know how likely would you be to, to participate because now you know because by the way their successes will leverage more will convince more people to come in to do the thing the next time you offer it and if you know that of the 15 people that did this program that eight of them are like 10 out of 10 for sure i'm going to do this when can we start again well now you have that money nearly guaranteed if they put their money where their mouth is and then you can still market to more after that because by the way out of this specialty program that we've ran that we've kind of touched on this whole time through i think we've got three people or four people that have done it every single time which means of those people, you've gotten like $8,000 out of each of them now. So that's $8,000 more in the last two years than you would have got if you were just selling them $150 memberships. There's even another layer, Tyler. So people in the first iteration of doing this, of really rolling out and doing a great job of having a specialty program come out, when it finished, they didn't want to stop. Yeah. So what ended up happening because there was an exit interview to conversation and essentially they wanted to continue. They didn't want to go back to the group stuff. They wanted to continue. So they sold themselves into either a semi-private or personal training where they could continue that style of training because they liked it so much that you didn't even have to sell it. Now, if you said nothing, there's no opportunity. And that is why you have all yep. those stacks. You have all these things that are in place. And folks, just please, can I give you more money? And when you don't have to ask, and when people say, I want to give you more money, that is when you are playing the game to the level that we want you playing and that we have our people play with inside of the Gear Academy. And it's the whole reason why we wanted to create this entire thing, to change Absolutely. the game completely. So if you want in on all this, get in the Gear Academy because this is not about just hearing all the dollars that we mentioned and saying, I'm going to launch a specialty program because if you do that, you've missed the first fucking step that we talked about. It's not about your wants. It's about theirs. If you can fill a need, serve the serve with the people, find out what they want, and you can do that and know that that demand is there, that the demand to spend that money is there. Now you're set. If you come into the – John, we've talked about the successes for these – for these programs that we've run with clients before and the every gym owner within a few weeks goes i'm doing a specialty program <laughs> and they do it and it fucking lays an egg because it's about you and your wallet and it isn't about them and what they want so just know this that if the demand ain't there you ain't got it build it connect more with your people open up that dialogue so that when people are actually telling you what they want and from there you'll know what to plug in if you don't know what to plug in and you're just winging it because you want some scratch you're fucked and you got a lot to learn. So join the Gear Academy. We're just solve all these problems for you. Get in the Gear Academy. I don't know, what is it? It's four or 500 bucks a month if you want to do it up the, out there. Or you can pay up front, but it's one year long. We're going to go through and we just completely we do the offer stack. We can choose each of these milestones, whether it is a specialty program launch. But we make sure, specialty program launch, the supplement launches, to getting you plugged in with 
creating new revenue streams, whatever that's going to be, shoring up your systems, helping you with staffing, helping you with marketing. We do a lot of stuff for our Gear Academy gyms, and we've had a few gyms have had like the most successful every month. We have two gyms now. Every month have been the most successful month that they've had in their business for like six months since they joined. Every month more successful than before, and every single month the most successful they've ever had. Okay, so... Get in it. If your shit's sitting still, it's because you're sitting still. So quit sitting still and get in the fucking gear academy. Message us via every anything you want. Message me at Tyler F. on Instagram. Message us on the podcast at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Get in the Facebook group if you want to find out more. You want to get a fast track. Here's the thing. If you want to get in the gear academy and can't afford it, get in on some of this offer building workshops that we're going to do for you in the next couple months because you will sit down in one or two sales opportunities if you commit to this you will have made enough money to fucking float the gear academy for a very 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 long time and then we can teach you how to scale that up forever and make that money work for your business for the long term so get off that fucking earnings treadmill and wondering why your shit keeps sitting still get in the gear academy uh get in the facebook group links in description follow john at job john, j banks fl go gators later guys go get us